This is The Structuring Podcast. Hello again, Terry War here with episode 35 of The Structuring Podcast. Today's topic is capital gains, tax and death. The only two certainties in life are taxes and death, and here they come together, perhaps. Well, they don't really come together because dying in itself will not generally trigger capital gains tax. If a person dies, their property will pass to someone else, their executor. That is not actually a trigger for capital gains. The executor steps in the shoes of the dead person and there's no capital gains tax event. So death in itself doesn't trigger capital gains tax. The property will pass first to the executor and then it might pass to a trustee, and then it might pass to the ultimate beneficiary. None of those transfers triggers capital gains tax in itself. However, if the beneficiary sells the property or otherwise disposes of it, that's when capital gains tax will be triggered. And similar to the situation where the estate sells it. So if Homer dies and he puts in his will that... uh, any property he owns at death should be sold and all the money from the sale should be distributed to his children. A clause like that is going to trigger capital gains tax. However, his main residence could be still exempt. So it could trigger capital gains tax if it's an investment property, for example, that's being sold or if his main residence was income producing at the time of his death. There's also a capital gains tax event called K3. And that happens when shares are passed to a a non-resident beneficiary. So because there is a chance that the government won't get the tax money when the shares are sold, if shares are passed to a non-resident, capital gains tax will be triggered at the estate level before the beneficiary gets the money. So what happens when a, a beneficiary sells a property? So Homer dies, he leaves his main residence to his son, Bart, If he sells the property within two years of Homer's death, that will generally be exempt from capital gains tax. And the two years is counted at the settlement date, not the contract date. So Bart would have to sell the property and have to settle within two years of Homer's death. doesn't really matter if Bart rendered the property out for one and a half years. As long as it was sold within two years, it could still be exempt. And of course, if Bart is living in it himself, he might be able to get the main residence exemption and sell it, say, 10 years later without any capital gains tax. But what if Homer had an investment property and that investment property went to Lisa? If Lisa sold it within two years of Homer's death, she won't get any exemptions because that investment property was subject to capital gains tax in Homer's hands. So Lisa will actually incur capital gains tax and the cost base for Lisa will be the same as Homer's cost base. So say Homer bought a property for 500000 he rented it out, he died. When he died, it was worth a million. He passed it to Lisa. Lisa sold it two years later for $1.2 million. Lisa's basically going to have a $700,000 capital gain. That is taxable. So it's only gone up 200000 since the death of Homer, but the cost base is the same as Homer's cost base, which was 500. So that's why things can work out unfairly if, for example, Bart got the main residence and Lisa got the investment property. 
If Bart sold his property, it would be capital gains tax-free. If Lisa sold hers, she could potentially have maybe a quarter of it wiped out in capital gains tax. So they're the main issues with capital gains tax and death. There's a lot of other side issues. We won't go into them now, but we might do so in a future episode. So stay tuned. In the meantime, that's it for now. See you again soon. You've been listening to The Structuring Podcast. Check out the show notes for today's episode at www.structuring.com.au forward slash podcast.